1: Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. When it comes to taking advantage and and really understanding where we're going, we need people that are willing to push the limits. We need people that understand that people don't know what they don't know until they experience it. And unfortunately, a lot of times in this early adoption phase, a lot of that is really it's left to those that are willing to embrace change. Try new things and, and really push the limits. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times they aren't the ones that are rewarded. I like to remind people that, you know, Google was the 37th search engine that ever was put onto the world. Uh, there's 36 others that were trying to get that concept somewhere. And who knows what those founders are doing now. But I do believe in an age like where we're at now, I think there is something beautiful about our ability to try things out, our ability to push the limits, but also our ability to really create Things that have never happened before, and, and I'm not talking about NFTs, I'm not even talking about blockchain, I'm talking about immersive experiences, and we are recording this live from Columbus, Ohio, at an activation here called, and it's on a giant board behind me, Shining Light on Crypto, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and the team uh, the, the behind it, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the activations. We have did a couple interviews here uh, on the podcast with a couple of the projects that were involved, uh, you know, big shout out to Inbetweeners. Uh, and we actually, uh, rocking some bears. I think, uh, that might be, uh, part of the, 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 conversation. So I'm curious first, you know, from, you know, as we kind of talk about this for the, those that are listening, you know, I think the, the neat part about an activation and immersive experience is that, like, those that are coming in get the aha moments. But those that are are trying to listen and better understand where this is all going, the answer always is like, what does this all mean? But we're going to get to all of that. But before we do so, I'm going to kick it to our our two guests. We have two amazing guests today. Uh, So, Rachel, I'll give it to you first. Uh, Give a little intro about who you are, and then we'll kind of get into a fun conversation.
2: Great. Thank you so much. And I have to say, I started listening to you back when I first wanted to go down the wormhole and learn about NFTs and this whole space in general. It was back probably in December of last year. So... A little fangirl well, thank moment. Thank you, right that now means a lot to be here with you and hear your voice in person, which is really cool. Um, so I'm Rachel Friedman, founder and CEO of Tenfold and Ten Space. Um, Tenfold is a culture, strategy, and creative firm. Ten Space is an actual retail concept, which is where we're sitting right now. It's an experiential activation, completely new retail concept that's really reimagining how people experience retail. Um, and so I have a huge, amazing creative team that works right there with me to, to make these, these amazing things happen. So we're just excited to have the opportunity to um, bring people in and educate them on the world of crypto and this new economy and Web3 and NFTs and all of those good things.
1: Well, I think that one of the important parts there for those that are listening, they were waiting for your NFT project pitch, your crypto piece. <laughs> right. And, and the fact that, you know, I love the, the culture component, right, that, that you're talking about there. And we're going to tap back into that because I think, you know, when we think about what does it mean, bleeding edge, early adoption, the change in the web three, you know, we can preach that it's a mindset change over a tech change, but it's not until we have agencies, brands looking at what all of this means as, uh, as a whole. So we're going to tap into that. Uh, before we do that, uh, Carson, thanks so much for joining us as a podcaster, uh, yourself and uh, Pioneer in the Space. Love having you here. Uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Carson, I'll pick your brain a little bit here on this side.
3: Yeah, my name's Carson Jones. Um, What I love about this space is the connection, one, to culture, like Rachel just said, but two, is bridging the gap between digital and real life, right? I think that if you can look in the studio, if you see the video, um, there's stools in here that say, which way do you lean, digital or real life? I like to say that I'm right in the middle because I think they're both really, really important, right? We have this rare opportunity where... Digitally, we can reach anybody. We can create cultures from anywhere all across the world, right? Like you've met people from thousands and thousands of miles away. You would have never met because of NFTs. You've built community, but then there's something super powerful and important about getting people in space together, right? There's a collective, there's an energy, there's just something different about actually being immersed in experience and going to experiences, right? Like taking the NFT that says, this means something but also then it allows you to connect with other people and sort of skip, like we we've talked before about, like you can skip stages when you already know you're aligned in values because of this NFT project. So something like this, for somebody to be able to come in and have this super immersive experience, get comfortable with NFTs, but then to be able to then say, hey, I, I met this person because of this project I'm in, like we know each other because of NFTs. Rachel and I first met and we've been talking about NFTs, we've been talking about creating something in real life for almost a year now. And that's what's so cool about this, is the NFT community is the reason that we came together. The NFT community is the reason that you and I came together, So. Right. And that's what that's what, that's what I do is try to bridge that gap for people. Whether it's my my publishing company with books, creating NFTs, digitalizing that experience, whatever it is, is how do we start something a movement that's an identity movement that people can relate with, that they can connect with others in real life eventually, right? And that's, that's and, right, and
1: I think that keyword being connection, right? I, I you know I think we were starving for connection. We can say that coming out of the pandemic, right? The we were perfectly fine working from home until anyone's worked from home, right? I've worked from home most of my career, and I I was hearing all these people bragging about, oh, I love working from home. I'm like, it is great until you realize the things that you lose that you probably didn't even recognize that you appreciated. And, and, you know, Rachel, I'm curious from, you know, the the standpoint of, you know, I was teasing a little bit about, you know, we didn't hear crypto or NFTs, but I think there's something amazing when we've, you know, you and I were first talking, and, and and we connected a lot of the dots you know, you're you're putting yourself out there. You're putting out, you know, your brand and agency, investing in the idea that, hey, I'm going to help educate. And context for those that are uh, that are here, you know, or that aren't here, that I can kind of bring into the conversation. I, compl- you know, the the copywriting on the walls here is world class. I I would argue that you know your team that has brought together, you know, not only the experience but some of the definitions of terms as a whole, the NFT space cannot define them like that they're defined <laughs> here, but. Talk to me a little bit about like when you, not even just this space, but the different brand activations, you know, immersive experiences for a lot of brands. What does this mean for, you know, people that are coming, you know, online, offline, I think is a big piece of this. But talk to me a little bit like your vision for this kind of space, investing in, you know, really something that is, it's bleeding edge, yet it's when you experience it, it's something that we all kind of crave.
2: Yeah, for sure. So the way we define 10 space is that we create in real life experiences for online brands. We feature one brand at a time in a two month activation or we call it a show. And it's really, it's, it's not a pop up. It's not just showing off the product. It's really about creating. An immersive experience that connects on an emotional level. So it isn't just about what you see when you're in the space, but it's about what do you do? How do you engage and interact with the space? And how do we go deeper to tell a much more meaningful and emotionally connected story about the brands? And we do that through the lens of their company culture, their purpose, their why, um, which, you know, that, that is what connects with us as consumers and um for me personally, I think I was myself craving a much more meaningful and inspired shopping experience that I wasn't seeing out in the world. And instead of complaining about it, it was sort of like, okay, if 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 I did retail or if Tenfold did retail, which is my creative agency, what would we do? What would it look like? And it turned into 10 space. And so this show actually sort of takes it to a whole nother level, which is um, you know featuring NFTs in, in crypto education, which is maybe even a further reach for people than what our our, our initial value proposition is. Um, but it was really something I was curious about. So in some ways the show is 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 somewhat selfish in some ways. It's 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 a curiosity that I had, um, primarily a little bit to what Carson was speaking about, because it's this conversion of physical and digital. Which to me is just fascinating. And it really is what 10 space is all about because 10 space is a physical experience that drives a tremendous amount of organic social content. So for us, it's really about honoring the fact that we live in both channels all the time. And when people walk in, what they, what they do unprompted, unsolicited is the experience is so meaningful to them and so inspiring that they take out their phone and they start capturing content. We're all content creators. And so what TenSpace does is it assumes that everyone that walks in the door has influence within their own social channels, and we're able to create a a flywheel of exposure and information and knowledge and connection that goes way beyond the physical activation itself. So for me, NFTs really represent that. Mm. Um, They are the ones that I think are the most compelling are the ones that have these really incredible roadmaps that are thinking about the convergence of what happens in the digital channel, exclusive merchandise, limited drops, gated events, um, community wallets, like all the different tentacles of what an NFT could be um, to me fit very nicely in this digital in this space, right? Um, that we've created here at Ten Space.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, I love all of that and all of the components that kind of represent. And I think for those that look at web three, and I mentioned earlier, like the whole, it's not technology, it's a mindset, right? The mindset is just simply that we will value the digital as equal to what we digi- We value, uh, physical. And I think for a lot of people, there still is the either or. And we, we were talking before the show just on like marketing adoption, social media adoption, influencer marketing. And a lot of that comes down to like, You know, I don't know anyone that's like, am I going to put my digital self on today or am I going to put my, you know, in-person self today? Uh, and I, and I love that, you know, and I would just challenge, you know, our listeners, think about what you, what could you picture if you were going to create an, a, an immersive experience about crypto and NFTs? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bet pretty much all of the crypto. It's probably not worth that much right now at the moment because (laughs) of the market that none of you would visualize what is, is the experience here. And I, and I will say that even from my side, going to these events, a lot of, it's like, oh, well, this is digital. So you should just see a bunch of digital displays and a bunch of giant screens playing a bunch of photos, right? That was almost, and, you know, even from a standpoint of, like, there's some neat things that are allow us to display something that is digital, but tangibly, we want to experience what all of this is all about. And that's kind of what we're seeing here, and I, and I love that part of it. And, and Carson, I'm curious, you know, when we think about, like, even just the idea of, how do we build better rapport with our audience, right? And, you know, big believers in podcasts, right? Because I believe, yeah. you know, the audio, you know, the, the intimacy of audio cannot be ever challenged, right? Because we're in someone's ear, they can paint their own picture while we're in their ear, right? Versus us driving that narrative. In this whole digital world and NFTs, part of it is, I think, a lot of NFT projects lean only one direction, or they might like, okay, this is an online ticket, for all of our offline stuff right yes how do you look at it or how do you kind of experience and even how this represents that you know emergence of the two and realizing that it's in synergy together not one replacing the other
3: well we had an interesting conversation earlier and it was about curiosity right it was about being open to other opinions about other perspectives and i think there's something special about rachel's relationship with nfts and in my relationship with nfts because we're not going to sit up here and say we're nft experts what we are going to say is we're super curious and passionate about the space and where it's going. And we're curious enough to know that there are other people, especially in the Midwest we're in Columbus, Ohio, there are enough people that are also curious, but don't know where to start. And I think the big place the space is missing is that curiosity, right? People are either afraid to say they don't know what they don't know, or they're afraid to say, I don't know. Or they're afraid to say, what about that other perspective? What about the person who's not in NFTs yet, but is creating in other areas? Wow, what if we can get them excited about this space? What if we can get them curious about NFTs and what that means in real life, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody who is it was is a crypto expert, let's say somebody who came into this space a long time ago, they know everything, they would have built a very different vision than what Rachel and this amazing team created here because they probably would have put themselves in a box of like, well, what is crypto supposed to look like? Or what is this supposed to look like? And we said, well, what would be inviting for the other people that maybe aren't in the space yet? Right, like the people that are walking in the street that wouldn't come in here or wouldn't even peek in if it looks like a traditional crypto space or a traditional NFT space. We were curious enough to say what would the masses what would interest them enough to say, hey, I'm going to give this a chance, right? And I think if more people can be open to that and just say, hey, this is a new space and anybody that says they're an expert, like, is lying to themselves and lying because this it changes every day. And that's what I love about you. You are an expert because you are curious and open enough to say, I'm open, right? right. Like, things are changing. I don't know everything. So when I'm open, I can learn, and we can hear other perce- perceptions, pers- perspectives and opinions, and things like this can come together because there's a safe space for it to come together as opposed to people feeling so intimidated, like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm not gonna start. And the, the gap that I see right now in this space is a lot of that, right? Like, people are just afraid to take that next step because there's not enough people like you that are creating a safe space to say, hey, I'm new to this, I need some help, and I'm curious about this space. And I think that's where we need to go more is that bridge of curiosity and openness.
2: I, I would just take one step further just from my own perspective and point of view with it for myself personally. I felt it would be irresponsible of me not to lean in to what this is all about, especially with my role in you know being the, in the visionary seat for a creative firm. This is it that is this is a platform and a channel and an economy that if I don't lean into it, I'm I'm doing a disservice to my company. So I actually felt I would be irresponsible by not learning more about it.
1: Can you talk to every one of the leaders in this space uh, (laughs) uh, at the moment? Um, Because so I think that this is actually a bigger part of the conversation, right, because I think. You know, I believe this is all a game of trust. I don't care what business you are all, we're all in the same business. Business of trust, you know, maintaining it, establishing it. And the hardest part is scaling trust over, especially over a period of time. And, you know, as a creative agency, part of it is, a, you, you know, they're trusting you to, you know, paint their picture, to bring uh, a lot of their visions to life. But it also is trusting that you're continuing to, you know, help push and push forward. And I think for most people, they're not willing to invest or believe that they're doing a disservice. Until it's tangible on where your leads are, right? And we were, we were talking pre show about like defining what success looks like. And I think I, I'm just curious for those that are listening and you're, for a lot of people, they're like, my audience isn't into NFTs or crypto yet. And I would argue, and this is just my third party opinion of people coming into this space, they don't need to be into this or even leave this space being into it. But the fact that they can come in here and leave with, wow, this team. Is helping me understand where we're going, even though I might not be going there for ten years, five years probably. For those listening, um, but I, so I'm curious from that standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, it might feel irresponsible, but for someone that is, that understands that this is a you know personal investment, there's also investment of time, resources. You know, as you're thinking about this, uh, the continual conversation, your goal isn't really to get crypto and NFT project clients, but it's to, to establish this idea of like I'm helping us get to where we're going. Can you talk a little bit about like why that is so important, especially for those that are in like creative and marketing and, and where this is kind of going forward?
2: Yeah, I think for me, especially as I started to dig into what it what is it really as I started to peel back the onion, to me I was like, oh, NFTs are they're startup businesses, they're brands. Um, that made it much easier for me to understand and to get really excited about it. You know, what's a roadmap? Oh, oh a roadmap is a business plan, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and a really good roadmap means that this is a brand, a startup venture, a company, if you will, that has a plan for the next three to five years. And if they execute well on their plan, they're going to create value. Oh, okay. So if I own a piece of that, brand because I've purchased an NFT, that's like me owning a piece of stock in a business that's going to grow and generate value. And so I love the idea that it's sort of democratizing in many ways um, individuals' access to ownership of a high-performing, potentially high-performing asset. And so... That's, you know, or, or an NFT is like a membership program or it's a loyalty program. And so as I started to make those connections from maybe a traditional brand or marketing understanding to, Hey, this is, this is a different channel. It's a different platform. Um, but it's also so exciting because it's constantly changing and we don't know where it's going. Um, one thing I felt very certain about was that it wasn't going away. And so again, going back to this sense of, you know, curiosity, but also commitment and, and obligation, really, to understanding it better and understanding how it can be leveraged and used, um, you know, to, to do new and unique and different things, which has really always been my get up and go. Like, I want to be the first. Um, you know, the other type of work that we do, whether it's a traditional, more traditional for us, a, a, a direct to consumer brand activation here at Ten Space. that's the first of its kind. We don't know of any any places and spaces like Ten Space anywhere, and the work that we do, honestly, with with Tenfold as well, is is really unique. And so, that's what drives me. I, I love being, you know, blazing some new trails. But I've learned how hard it is, and uh, and 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 I'm, you know, I love that challenge too. How how do you overcome that? How do you get better at at pushing that innovation?
3: Well, and I think the other piece of this too is that you you're living this experience, right? There's so many people that were in this space that, that before this, there was not the transparency, right? Like what NFTs do and what the blockchain does is everything is transparent, right? Like you start to see which founders are in it for the right reasons, which ones are serving. Like this is this activation, you have invested a lot of money. There's no direct return on this. It's I'm doing this for the community because I'm curious and I wanna create something, right? But there's also that like transparency for other communities and other founders, it's like there's no hiding. This is not VC world 20 years ago where you go raise millions and millions and millions of dollars and then who knows where that money goes, right? It gives that transparency for the people that are really in into create and build something versus the people that are in it for the money and you see it, Fanzo, there's a lot of people burning their reputation just chasing a quick buck because they see an opportunity where there's great people like you and people like my, my buddy Nick we were talking about that yeah. Rachel knows as well who no matter what the market is, they're still creating and they're still building and that will play itself out over the next 12 to 18 months. Then when the market comes back, there's a whole list, there's a whole track record that people can look at and say who's here for the right reason, who's building and who's just here to take.
1: Yeah, and I think that's such an important conversation in how we buy, how we sell today, right? Like, I mean, I, I I use this example on stages all the time. Like, when I'm traveling to a new city, I don't wait till I land to see what on the billboard says is the world's greatest pizza. Because I've joked, you know, I've been to 76 countries. Every country I've been to has had the world's greatest pizza. And there's a sign in Scotland, as I was walking the streets <laughs> in Scotland, I took a picture of it. Because I gave that keynote, flew to Scotland, and there was a sign on the street, like a little one of those pop-up signs that said, we have the world's greatest pizza. And I think part of that has to recognize that, like, The marketing and sales today's consumers are smarter than they've ever been before, have more access to to data, reviews, information. And so then the question becomes, like, who do we trust, right? And we, you know, we, we trust those that we can relate to, right? Those that, that are, you know, tell some stories. But I also think we have to trust those that are willing to educate us, right? And so I'm curious, you know, one of the things here at the event that I'll just kind of paint the picture, you know, I, when I first heard about it, even like working through social content, for me, it's, it's like, okay, it's going to be one-on-one level, and there's going to be just enough education across the board. But I put a hard helmet on, and I went into a little <laughs> dark room uh, over here, and I was able to experience you know, mining of crypto, able to experience what it's like to go inside of that. Now, I will argue, I have people that are listening to this that probably have half a million dollars worth of NFTs that could not tell you what, what, what I experienced at this room. So there's also that element, right, of like, you could easily mail it in, you could easily do things at just like a level of what maybe the general expectation is. I'm curious, you know, as you're like empowering your team, and okay. I think for those that are listening, even within your NFT projects, right, I believe, you know, great leadership is is really what's missing in a lot of the NFT space. And it's not a slight to these founders, a lot of them have never understood what leadership looked like or never been in that role before. How do you look at empowering your team to allow like, the creative freedom to create like kind of your vision? Because I mean, it's come to life here, and I I think it's, in my opinion, bigger and more in-depth than probably what most would even have looked
2: at. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I think, you know, that just speaks to the standards that I think we have at Tenfold to tell authentic and meaningful, really intentional and layered stories. Um, We definitely approach that with a methodology um, and uh just and also just very strong intuition about how to bring those stories to the surface. And we do it all with the guest in mind. You know, what is the experience that we're trying to create for the guest and what we're trying to create, you mentioned earlier aha moments. We love having those we talk about goosebump moments. Mm-hmm. When we can create a goosebump moment for someone, that's when we know that it's created an emotional connection. And when it creates an emotional connection, it's memorable, it's shareable, it's craveable, it's all of those things, which is really, you know, we know we're successful when we're able to do that. And honestly, we're trying to make it fun. So it's, you know, what what would you want to do? Right. You know, what's going to inspire you? What's going to be that wow moment where you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is so amazing and cool. And at the same time, I'm learning, I'm taking in information. Um, and so for the team, what was interesting in this process is I think as we started to, we were, we were, you know, we're not experts. We're not holding ourselves out as experts at all. We're not even advocating necessarily. We're just putting the information out there. And as we started to approach the, the project, I think um, there was this inclination that, okay, well, we need to get the information from the expert or the experts. And we sort of kept pulling at that and not really getting anything. And it was sort of a moment where you know, I looked at the team and said, we got this. Mm-hmm. You guys, like, we're smart. You know, let's educate ourselves in the ways that we would do that. And then let's articulate that in a way that is meaningful to to us, which we know will be meaningful to anybody who walks in the door. So for you to say, you know, that the, the content is...
1: It's, I mean, it's amazing. It, it's, and I, yeah, I will say, it's but really, I think that shines through mm-hmm. in you know, part of the, I think the hard part with the crypto NFT uh, Web3 space is that there's like this need to be polarizing in a sense, like the space, the change is already polarizing enough. Like, I think the idea where you're not convincing someone that you're an expert and not even, I love that you mentioned, I think this is probably one of the the key aspects, like your goal isn't to advocate for, let's do crypto only, replace all of your transactions. You can only work with us in crypto, right? Like, those type of, of experiences or those things often have people immediately turned away, right? And I would argue, like for me as a, you know, content creator, podcaster in this space, if my audience entered after leaving this type of experience, my job's easy, right? Because I, I believe part of this understanding of like, there's so many different components that live in this space, that emotional connection. And I think, you know, Carson, one of the things that, you know, we kind of not only align within, you know, emotional connection and and the offline, online, and we were talking about, you know, when you're in person with somebody right like my phone didn't come out at lunch today when we were we were having lunch together Uh, there's an element of like how do we bridge these worlds together and i do think it's that emotional connection i also do think nfts for as much it is there is a jpeg as much as there is a crypto component behind it a lot of that is just the the things that today are what we highlight i think eventually that kind of falls behind how are you looking at that like emotional connection carson from like uh even just how you have the conversation with others around this space
3: This is probably my favorite conversation. Uh, And this is what started, shout out to Drew, (laughs) shout shout out out to to us. I don't think that somebody can have a space to get to know you until you can let down those walls to say, I don't know this, or I'm curious about this, or I'm not an expert in this. Like we talked about earlier, you coming out to your community and talking about, hey, I have my wallet hacked. I am in the 1% of educated people in this space. This still happened to me. And then you shared that there were so many other people that came and said, hey, this happened to me too. We all are very, very similar when it comes down to it. We're all humans, right? Whether we're on the internet or whether we're in person right here, we're all human. We all are imperfect. And we all just want to know that we're not alone in those conversations, right? That those things that happen to us or the ways that we think or the the, the people that we like or what we're connected to, that we're not isolated in that. So going back to when this really boom started was... During the pandemic, when everyone felt the most isolated, we felt alone, we felt like nobody could hear us. And then NFTs created a space where it was like, oh, no, there are these projects. Cool. I like the art, but there are values connected to those things, right? The greatest brands set their values and they set an identity that other people can relate with. The biggest brands in the world, like Nike's commercial, they say, if you have a body, you're an athlete, right? Shout out to Charlie Rocket. Yeah. Like, But when you can relate with the brand, then that brand becomes part of you. So these NFT projects that are emerging, that have gone gone big and continue to grow, even in in this bear market, are the ones that connect with that identity of others, right? That that we are going to make it, right? I love all those acronyms because it's saying you're not alone in this. Like, there's a lot of people struggling in this space right now. Or whatever the brand is, it's that first ability to say, to authentically connect with people and say, we're all in this together. None of us are perfect. But then to say, hey, where do we want to go? What do we want to create? What do we want to do? And that's what the NFTs allow us to do. And then when you meet in person, you can skip steps in the conversation. We can get past the, how's the weather or how's the, this, that, the other. We can go straight into, hey, we're all aligned right here. Let's talk about this, Mm -hmm. right? Like people know you and they know your your foundations. They know your charity. They know what you care about because you're willing to put your values out there through your NFT projects, through your message. And then you're also willing to say, I'm not perfect. So let me help you with what I do know. And And you open yourself up to say, hey, if you've got something to teach me, I want to hear it too. So I think that open line of communication of one, being authentic and saying, hey, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. Two, here are my values. Here's what is important to me. And three, this is where I'm going and this is where we're all going together. How can we support each other in that mission? I think if more of these projects can focus on that community base of it instead of just like what's in it for me, how much money can I make? Like what's the cool next announcement, right? Because I see so many of these projects just looking to make the next big announcement to get people excited again, as opposed to saying like, you know, I saw something the other day where Doodles hasn't tweeted in 45 days and people are like, what are they going to say? Imagine they just jokingly came out and said, Hey guys. We're kinda of trying to figure it out right now. Uh, we don't know exactly, but we're gonna do everything we can to commit to our community and make sure you guys are supported. Right? Like, If they came out with something more transparent instead of just hiding and, and waiting for the next big announcement, I believe their community would rally up around them and would lift them up. They would say, wow, what can we do to help you through that? Because there's people that already care about them. They've already voted on you by purchasing your project. Give them an opportunity to be involved and take ownership of that and feel like it's theirs too. That's really what I think most a lot of these projects are missing and where it has to go in the next, you know, the next six to eight months. Anybody that wants to launch a project, it's got to be focused on the community, the identity, the values, and then connecting those people in real life because they can feel that connection once you get them in person. And,
1: you know, the funny thing about that whole piece of that is that it's nothing new in what we've all been doing, right, for the longest of time. Right. It's like, you know, and I think part of this narrative that I think we just have to understand and we put out there is that if you can remove the word NFT from the conversation. Go for it, right? Because like part of it is like, do you want to get closer with your biggest customers, your biggest fans? Do you want to remove that barrier? Do you want to better understand what they care about? do you want to have this relationship where they'll go talk to others they'll go so much so they change their profile photo Mm -hmm. to your brand like i don't know any brand that would ever say no to that right and i think that also comes into but there's also like that element of like risk and the unknown and i think what you mentioned Carson, is a big piece like we connect with people's vulnerabilities much more than we do their strengths Mm -hmm. very well known but there's also this idea of like well if no one else is doing it like it's okay being the first but like It's a lot easier when someone else is doing it. And I I would argue for a lot of projects, a lot of people right now, everyone has an idea for an NFT project. You know, I I haven't had an interview with an expert of NFTs yet, because I just haven't found them in the space. (laughs) Lots of people are in my DMs convincing me they're an expert to come on the podcast, but you won't (laughs) hear from them uh because I don't believe that they're an expert. But you know, someone we were talking about a little bit earlier about you know, as you're kind of betting on yourself, creating an immersive experience, not only putting out the time, effort, investing the people. There is an element of like I just have to believe that what I'm doing makes sense to me, and hopefully will relate with others. You know, as you look at like what this has become, right? And I, you know, I think what you're you're not only continuing to see like the idea of immersive experiences, but I mean, last time I checked, like I don't have an emotional connection with a billboard. Never have. Not once have I driven by and was like (laughs) that made me feel like that that hit me in the feels. But we know the value of that emotional connection. I'm curious, like, you know, those moments where you were either, you know, questioning, should I do this immersive experience? Should I talk about crypto? Or, you know, it it happens to be a market that's probably not that great in that, you know, we aren't in New York, LA, Miami, right? We are in, you know, in Columbus, Ohio. When you were going through that moment and getting through that, like, now looking back, you can kind of like pat yourself on the back, be like, hey, I, I pushed through. But in those moments, it was very easy for you to kind of not launch or, you know, not going on that path. What do you think to you was kind of like that driving force to allow your creativity and your desire to be the person on the forefront to kind mm-hmm. of push through in this whole thing?
2: Well, I always say it's not, it's not for the, the weak, the weak stomach or the, or the weak hearted. It's, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, and so is just being an entrepreneur. And I think that's just what I've learned how to get more comfortable with. Um, and fortunately or unfortunately, I probably continue to, you know, raise the bar a little bit and like, how much harder can I make it for myself um, and for the team? But what's amazing is that everyone rises to the occasion. And I think we all surprise ourselves in what we can accomplish when we work together. And um, for me, it's just, it's the integrity of, uh, of really meaningful ideas and doing new and different things and executing them with excellence. And um, that's what really makes me proud. And so to your question, if 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 people didn't come in and, and they didn't love it, that, that would be really, you know, in some ways devastating to me. But I also know I can rest my head on the pillow at night and feel really proud of what we've been able to accomplish here at 10 Space and the good news is is that people do come in and they absolutely love it. Um I always say like find a dollar for everyone who comes into Ten Space and says this is so dope. <laughs> you know, I'd have a lot a lot a lot of extra extra dollars, but um it's it's filling a need and a a void I think in community in general where um whether this is a um residual effect from covid or or not but that people have a desire to feel connected to community and have this sense of of humanity and realize that you know we are connected and we are more alike than we are different and i always say that the vibe here at ten space no matter what dtc brand or nft project we're celebrating it's like just sounds corny, but the, the place is just filled with love and joy and happiness. And it's just, it's my favorite place to be.
1: Yeah, it feels corny, but I it <laughs> sign me up every time for that, yeah. like that feeling. Uh, and I, I got to witness it today, you know, watching people come in and, and like the aha moments. And like you said, I think a lot of it also is unstructured. Uh, and as someone that, you know, is anti-rules and much more into like, you know, if you give people the opportunity to have a space, safe space, you know, Carson, with what you said, but also just the idea of like you know, I, we were in here, the first the first group that I saw came in, Like, they went over and put hard helmets on, and were like, let's turn on these lights and see what's what's behind here, right? And I think for a lot of this space, especially for those that are listening, we, we try hard to force people to change or to like what we like, but we are also the same people that don't, don't want to be told what to do, don't want to be forced to change. Like, no one ever said, thank God someone forced me to change, right? Like, we might say it down the road when we're successful but like that forced change is also part of that conversation you know Carson I, I guess the, the piece that I love just to share a little bit of light on like the you know if we look at you know as we move forward in this space and we think about you know everything from authors right from their books you know there are a lot of people that are like who's going to listen to my story or who wants to hear what I have to hear or what if this book's not a New York Times bestseller and I'm going to speak up Maria's raise my hand you know like Press the damn button has been my, uh, yeah. my mantra. And like, the joke is like the thing that I've not pressed the damn button on is a book. And for a long time, I believe a part of it was like, I have like a legacy complex mm-hmm. that I kept telling myself, like, what if my, what would my daughters think of my first book? And then I had to have an aha moment that my daughters are never going to care to read a book about like business that I wrote <laughs> when they were twelve. Like, like part of it was like, "Hey, Brian, chill. like you're not that, you're not doing that that big of things." But there's also just this element of like, like kind of like the fluid element of like, what if it gets successful? And I think that also oft, often can also scare people as well, right? I think even you know from an agency perspective, what if people come in here and they want me to run their crypto projects? Like, oh my goodness, like, what does that mean? Like, we're not crypto experts, but like, they also probably connected with you because they understand that you're okay not being an expert. Carson, how do you kind of put people like mind to ease on that side and kind of connect those emotional connections?
3: Well, you said legacy project. And I think that's so fascinating because um, I talk to authors all the time and there's so many people will say, I don't have a story. And one, before I do that, I want to t- Rachel's horn a little bit more. Like she's a visionary, right? Like she has that rare ability to be able to take a white wall. Like if you haven't seen a space... Every two months, this becomes a white wall Mm -hmm. and her and her team go to work, create this vision and they don't know if it's going to work, right? Like we hope it does. We, 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 we can see it and she can say, Hey, I think this, there's going to be something here, but what if it didn't go well? And I think that that's the question we always have in the back of our mind. We're afraid of like, what if this doesn't go well? There's that, but then there's, what if it goes really well? Like you Mm -hmm. just said, and I believe that all of it just becomes part of your story right? Like I, I, I talk about those with books all the time. People say, I don't have a book. And I said, there's 7 billion people on this planet. You don't think that there's somebody who's suffering from something that you went through a year ago that you could help them through now, right? That you're one step ahead of. And although, see, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Like I had just purchased my first few NFTs and I was like, I'm not an NFT expert. And Rachel might not even know this yet, but I was learning. I was curious. I was excited, but I was like, I don't I know a little bit about this. I know enough to be dangerous because I listened mm-hmm. to this podcast and <laughs> and Drew educated me. But I was like, well, I'm going to teach Rachel because I'm curious, I'm excited and I might not be an expert, but I'm two steps ahead of where she is right now. Right. So I might not be able to teach her how to buy, how to how to mint an NFT on a different blockchain, a different chain. See, I messed up some of the lingo even now just talking about it. But I can teach her how to do these first few steps. I can get her excited and get her curious. And now here we are right and i think that that's the power of books that's the power of starting anything is it can become a lesson but you can also make turn your pain into power right whatever you've been through whatever failure whatever's happened in the past don't let that just disappear right like i use Nelson Mandela's story all the time right like he could have decided hey i'm a victim this happened to me i was in prison wrongly 26 years and he could have lived in that story forever he decided to make sure that that story became power for everyone else to go learn and go empower themselves to do something amazing in the world with the time that they have. Right. So I believe like start, because if you fail, that becomes a powerful story to help other people's not make those same mistakes. And as long as you're willing to keep telling your story, right? Like failure is never failure unless you stop. Mm -hmm. So even if something goes wrong or you mess up or, you know, God forbid you're like, this didn't work. Tell that story but then write a new story. Go do the next thing. Go say, hey, I learned from this. I'm going to go do this. And I think that that's connecting this back to this space. There's probably a lot of founders right now who have failed at projects or they're looking at themselves saying, this is, this is done. Like, how do I even bring this back? And I would start by acknowledging, hey, we made some mistakes. How do we move forward? What steps can we take from here? Because no matter what's happened to you in the past, there's somebody who can benefit from the pain that you went through or what you learned from that. But then there's also power in saying, hey, this didn't go great. How do I change my trajectory and take one step in this direction now? And I'm committed to changing it. And then it's just about telling the story, right? Like if you literally live your story every single day and people see you do it like you do through this podcast, like Rachel's literally doing it through all these spaces, people don't have to ask if they can trust you. There's living demonstrated proof. So I say write your story because that story is just going to become a platform for the next story. And your first book will not be your last. Right. So I would encourage you to write it because you're going to write plenty of more stories and plenty of more books in your life. Right. But at least you have somewhere to start and people can then look back years later and say, wow, this was the beginning of this story. Look where his story is now. Just because you were brave enough to tell it, and you are. You're doing right. a podcast every single day. You're telling and living your story.
1: And, and, I, and I say that because I think that is part of this, right? The vulnerability. And I think we also have to recognize there are certain things in our lives that will show up as a roadblock or something that is stopping, right? Like I have zero problem telling my story. I have zero problem sharing things. I'm very vulnerable. Yet there are places that I, that there is a kind of a a barrier to entry or, you know, where, where our own individual roadblock is. And I think, I think this is also just one of those experiences that, you know, we also have to recognize that a lot of this isn't doing something over again from scratch. And, and Rachel, I think that is one that is like, you know, building brand relationship right building like how do we get to know the audience a little better how do we you know get you know inspire word of mouth how do we get people to create content a lot of that is things that we've been doing for 10 plus years and nfts might show up in some of those areas they also might not show up and you know when when i first you know we walked in here the amount of projects that came to my mind that were like they need this kind of experience were mm-hmm. a lot of them but there is also we would require a lot of projects to recognize that where they're at right now isn't giving that full experience, right? And I think for those yes. that are here, mm-hmm. how do you, so if, if if we're looking at like the NFT space, you're a collector of NFTs and, you know, for all those that are out there, this is, it like goes into my, be a collector before you're a creator conversation, because like just opening the door to start collecting, right? And in betweeners, we, we actually both have the VR goggles, uh, in betweener bear, which mm-hmm. is a rare, it's a rare trait. And <laughs> I, I uh, you and I both have that one. Uh, and it's, I called it my, it was my forever PFP when I, when I minted that one. It has like a yellow shirt for my black and yellow. It has oh, the, cute. the hat and the, and the VR goggles. And I love that we both have that one. Like for you, like, I, I guess I'm curious just from a, you know, someone that you're willing to collect, mm-hmm. you're willing to put out and, you know, drive this change. But there's also an element of like, you know, it doesn't have to be your own NFT project. It doesn't even have to be an NFT project for someone else. But if NFTs can solve a problem that maybe your client has that's there, how do you look at, you know, let's say after this activation is moving forward and a lot of these conversations are happening, what are something that maybe excites you beyond kind of like this kind of activation for, you know, your, you know, curiosity?
2: Mm. In this, in the NFT
1: no, space, no, no, not in any, in any of the space, not, not even the NFTs. Sp- in the, and oh. let's just say the digital to offline hybrid world that we're all living in.
2: That's a very great question. Um, my teams were like, "What's she going to say? <laughs> what's what's next?" Um, I, I think you know because we do so much in the built environment. I'm, I guess, maybe my next area that I'm really super curious about is is decentralian and and sort of that the design of a physical experience that's virtual and the, and the recognition and and knowledge that it takes the same training as designers and architects and graphic designers and all of those skills that we use to create those designs in, in in real life are the same skills that need to be applied in these other spaces to create world-class virtual spaces that to me is very interesting. Um, we haven't really started to do a lot of work in that space, but that's probably something I'm I'm curious about.
1: So we have to. I have to be very transparent in the fact that I was not set up. I did not ask you that question ahead of time, right? So um, when I was talking to my team earlier today, my first thing I said back to them was, "This design team and everything they're creating needs to live in the metaverse." And for me, the the limitation that some people put on, like, oh, it's in Ohio, it's not in New York, disappears in a borderless world of the metaverse. Mm -hmm. But there's also this element of, like, the metaverse feels like pretend and, like, make-believe, right? And even crypto, for many people, feels like monopoly money, right? Because you can't touch it. Mm -hmm. But we all know that just because we can't touch something or something isn't, you know, like, physically there doesn't mean that it, A, exists or that we can't open that door. But I also think the way that you tell the stories here, the way that people are walking in... I think a lot of the limitations that live in the metaverse right now are because people haven't figured out this, right? Like, you figured out this. Like, we need you in the metaverse probably more than you feel the metaverse needs you. Like, I, w- I would argue, like, right now, like, pulling this experience in is really something that is exciting. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Also not surprised, right? As someone that's curious, like, where is this going? Because, like, for me, put, anyone putting on a VR headset right now should be able to walk around and and get what like what I went in with that hard helmet on in that room right i think that is something cool and so for those that are trying to wrap their head around like where we're at like some of the experiences that people have had in the metaverse that they've actually enjoyed you're kind of giving them that here in person which is uh, a very cool experience
2: yeah i thank you i you know we we spend probably with tenfold we the majority of our business is focused around the experience in corporate workplace and so when we start to think about virtual workplace and physical workplace, which we're all, most of us are shifting between those two worlds too, that opens up some dialogue and conversation around what should the virtual workplace be designed to be. We're currently doing work with clients as a part of our culture, culture and brand practice where we're helping clients create effectively culture campaigns so that as people are sitting, you know, whether they're sitting behind a screen or whether they're coming into the workplace, that they have a consistent experience. And so when you take something like like a land Metaverse sort of view on it, it's, it opens up even more curiosity around, well, what should that look like and how do you live there and how do you live in the real, in the real world? It's exci- I mean, and again, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. They're not. So it's, it's, it shouldn't be scary. I think that's what happens. People get very scared. They say, well, I don't want to lose... My in-person experiences, and I would say that's hundred percent right. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you know we switch between those channels all day long, you know, in and of ourselves, um, and so it's just an extension of that.
3: Yeah. Well, and I, I would just add too, like you just said. People don't realize that we've been living in this, in this, in this world kind of in between for a long time now, right? Like that phone that we all have, people are like, wait, headsets, I'm going to walk around in a decentral land and do what? But in reality, every single day, people are disconnecting from their personal life and picking up that phone and opening Facebook, Instagram, another social media platform. And they're an avatar, right? Like whether you like it or not, Your personal brand on Instagram or your platforms, it is an avatar in this digital world. It's represented in how you tell your story, how you share, and how you show up, just like it is in the physical world. But people don't realize that, and they're just sort of taboo because this is new, and they don't understand it yet. It feels beyond you know their comprehension. But so did this at one point. So did that iPhone at one point. We talked about right before we went on. Like, imagine telling twenty years ago, like you're going to have this walking computer that moves instantly, and you can open anything, access any information, like, and it's a click of an app. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, man. Someone
1: be like, wait how's the phone get off the wall what do you mean I'm like <laughs> right hang yeah, on like, <laughs> i try to explain to my daughters there's this long cord so i didn't have to talk on the phone in my in the kitchen with my mom's house and my my daughter's are looking Rotary at me like dial. What? a cord why is there a cord to your phone like like right like and i think a lot of that is a little bit of this change like i love that you know on the floor here are our quotes from the the haters and naysayers right that like you know the horse and buggy side of the house will never go away right and and i mean the henry ford quote you know of course that like yeah. if i asked people what they wanted they would have said you know faster horses. They would have never thought about what you know a vehicle kind of looks like in this in this space. Uh, And I think that you know for you know those listening, I think there's also just the the element of like supporting, amplifying people that are willing to put themselves out there, that are that are you know emerging into this space. And I think you know I I, you really had a great time here today. Um, Not only being here, but it's also you know there's an element of go back to this whole point, like how do I feel less alone? As someone that believes in what this space is, it's also to surround yourself with others that are curious. And in a weird way, I felt like today was so much less about Web3 and so much more about human connection. Mm -hmm. And I think we all crave that, right? And it's you're not using Zoom to replace human connection, you're using Zoom to save the time and traveling or flying out and realizing that now I get more time with my loved ones. So I can even prioritize and, and you know, value more of those uh, in this space. So you know, I thank both of you for you. jumping on the podcast today. Thanks for having me out here for the you know a lot of fun. And you know, for all those listening, I'll put you no know, notes in uh, the links in the show notes. I'll put links to some of the content. I love what your team's been producing as far thank as social. Uh, for anyone that's trying to create a project and you want to be better at like documenting the story and understanding, check out what uh, Tenfold Social is doing. Uh, great Instagram stories, great you know reels, a lot of content that we know what this space needs like if you 're just creating on discord and Twitter, you are so far missing the mark because I mean a most of us can 't stand discord, and then there 's also about a majority of other people that are a little slightly overwhelmed and annoyed by twitter as well and uh, and, I, and there, In time, we're going to recognize that we were very small thinking if we haven't gone outside those boxes. And, you know, for all those that are listening that, you know, I know a lot of people are creating events. A lot of people are bringing their teams and projects out to events. Let's like rethink experiences to go beyond digital screens. Like I'm just going to tell you, I'm giving you a view out here. I only have one screen in my visual purview. There's only two in this entire activation. Yet it's an activation that's educating, inspiring and immersive in web three let's uh let's let's we can't talk about the hybrid you know world of digital and uh, offline unless we're willing to activate it so as always until tomorrow my friends make it a great day cheers
2: thank you thank you
1: as you know our podcast is sponsored by the crypto business conference It is the event for marketers creators entrepreneurs who want to better understand nfts web three strategy and all things metaverse creator coins and more this is a not only an intimate event, but it should be a great time for us to network, to take things you know, offline. And, and much like this episode, we will be doing some recording there live in San Diego. So I look forward to meeting many of you. Check out socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365
0: the mint 365 collection 100 day countdown is on we're counting down to november 11th when we'll auction off all 365 nfts as one collection including a custom mosaic of all the art want to bid on this one-of-a-kind web 3 time capsule For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.